Some say the world will end in fire. Some say in ice. From what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favor fire. But if I had to perish twice, I think I know enough of hate to say that for destruction ice is also great and would suffice. Fire and Ice by Robert Frost Chapter 1 Krista Bennington put her two-and-a-half-year-old daughter Paris to bed in what was once her old bedroom in the house on Bluff Street. She was reared in La Croix, an old town of large brick houses, porches, and long memories. La Croix was perched on the gentle hills overlooking the Mississippi River. La Croix was far removed from the glamorous life Krista once lived in Chicago and New York but La Croix was where she was born 42 years ago. She returned to La Croix four years ago when her mother, Eva, was diagnosed with cancer. An only child, Krista felt obligated to return to La Croix and comfort her mother, a widow, for over ten years. A sense of obligation and exhaustion pushed Krista back to La Croix. Obligation to her mother, to whom she had drawn closer, as she became more unfulfilled in her career. After nearly 20 years in the advertising industry, corporate mergers and takeovers had sapped her of the feelings of enjoyment and accomplishment that had fueled her rise in her profession and in the New York social scene. While immersed in the advertising world and climbing to the chief executive suite at Franklin Worldwide, Krista seldom returned to La Croix. After heading off to attend Smith College, she never wanted to return to what she called the smothering provincialism of her hometown. What she thought was smothering was now comforting, and what had been provincial turned magically into peaceful familiarity. Her childhood home was a symbol of stability and comfort. From the creaking wood floors to the sound of the washer and dryer reverberating against the concrete basement walls, to the large oak trees in the ample backyard providing shade in the summer, and a crunching carpet of leaves in the autumn. She had persuaded her mother, however, to update the house's kitchen and bathroom with contemporary plumbing and cabinets and new floors. Although she wrapped herself in childhood memories of the cavernous old house. She also wanted to live in a house that worked and met the standards that she had set in New York. The oak tree was now bare and covered with frozen snow. Two days earlier, a bitter winter storm had deposited over a foot of snow, which was followed by a sarcastic snap of below zero temperatures. Krista looked out at the frozen landscape and thought that the fresh flowers she had just placed on her mother's grave were now buried in snow. She thought to herself, as she sipped her cup of tea, that there was nothing bleaker than a graveyard in winter. In the bleak midwinter, she murmured, as she descended the staircase from her daughter's room to the den, where she went to read before going to bed. The combination of the hot tea and the warm blanket she wrapped around her shoulders made her sleepy. She didn't know how long the doorbell had been ringing before she heard it. She was afraid that the sound would wake Paris up. 
She walked briskly to the door and opened it. What do you want? she barked at the person standing on the porch. She could feel the cold air biting through her slippers, and her hot blood rushing to her face like lava. She rushed the person in just as an uninvited gust of cold wind whipped through the door and rattled the blinds on the windows.